Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. people of God at all times and all places have had to struggle with the weakness of our nature, even after conversion. We do not simply become perfect at conversion as much as we would like that. Our collect of the day, which reads, O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot but fall, keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation, comes from the Galician Sacramentary, a collection of prayers from the 8th century with roots going back to the 5th century. Of course, this was a problem also going back to the 1st century as well. And in our epistle, St. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, encouraging them in this matter. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is important for us to remember here and in all other passages that encourage us in all virtue and holy living that these statements are not made to those who do not know God, nor are they addressed to those who are still dead in their trespasses. Rather, they're made to Christians only to those who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit can walk in the Spirit. This command, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, is given to you, dear brothers and sisters, who have already been justified by God through his grace on account of the holy life and innocent sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verdict from God, declaring one as righteous for the sake of Christ, is received by faith when we believe that what Jesus has done, he has done for us, for our salvation. Yes, God has already given us such wonderful gifts that he has justified us and declared us righteous in his sight, that in holy baptism he has washed away our sins and caused us to be born again in the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Born again, not as slaves to sin as we were previously, but as sons and heirs of eternal life with Christ. All this he has done out of his pure grace and mercy for the sake of Jesus Christ. And so to those whom he has justified by grace through faith, and whom he is renewing by the Holy Spirit, he says through his apostle, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In our day and age, when we hear the term, the lust of the flesh, we're most likely to think of it regarding sexual sin and desire. That's how lust has come to be narrowly defined. But that's not what Paul's meaning is here. For the lust of the flesh, the desire of the flesh, is much greater than that. Of course, the lust of the flesh includes sexual sin, but it also includes pride and despair. 
anger and doubt, envy and blasphemy, selfishness and lack of control, and all other sins. The list he gives later of the works of the flesh are examples of the end results of the flesh's desires, of the flesh's lust. These desires of the flesh, of the sin that still clings to us as long as we live in the sinful world, are many and various and always seeking ways to be fulfilled. And it is a constant and lifelong battle for the Christian. One appetite may be suppressed, but then another flares up. If we attempt to rule ourselves on our own or by our own power, then we'll never find peace. It is not train your will and you shall fulfill and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but it is walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Our own struggling and striving cannot rid us of sin so that we might become righteous by ourselves. As David writes, do not enter into judgment with your servant, with that whom already serves you is already yours, for in your sight no one living is righteous. We're to walk in the spirit, to seek to follow those better and higher desires and impulses that he grants us, to seek him and his strength in the holy word and in the sacraments. When we, in weakness, fall into sin, which we do daily because of the frailty of our flesh, we do not despair, but rather turn to Christ, whose righteousness far surpasses our sinfulness. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand, again writes David, but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. There is forgiveness because Christ has atoned for sin, and his righteousness with which he clothes us is far greater than our sinfulness. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And the, these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And here we see the source of our struggle with sin but also a great hope, source of hope and comfort. For we see that the desires of our old flesh are against and contrary to those which the Spirit has given us, which, and as he renews us, which he gives us and prompts within us. Because these desires are opposed and contrary to each other, the flesh tries to prevent us from doing those good works which we wish to do because of the Spirit's work in us. Here we see that yet while we live, we are at the same time both saint and sinner. Saint, for God has declared us righteous in his sight, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and is renewing us, sanctifying us and making us holy. Sinner, for the flesh still remains, clinging to us, fighting against the Spirit and us in whom he is working. But this is not some sort of split personality. You are declared righteous by God's grace in Jesus Christ. You are being renewed by the Holy Spirit through the word and sacraments. Your flesh clings to you. It provokes evil desires within you, but it is not who you are. It is a part of you, but it is not you. 
So we are partly sinners and partly saints, but take comfort, dear brothers and sisters, the saintly part is greater. For the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us that we might be able to walk in the Spirit, and so that we might be able to resist the desires of the flesh and follow the desires of the Spirit. Yet as long as we live, we will thus wrestle with the desires of the flesh and deal with the consequences of them. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Because these two desires are opposed to one another and because in our heart the spirit now rules, the flesh tries to prevent us from doing those things that we wish to do which are the holy and good things of the Spirit. Before, the flesh was a tyrant, ruling in the heart with no restraints on its desires. Now in us who have been justified by grace, in whom the Spirit has been poured out, the sinful flesh has been cast from the throne. Now the Spirit reigns in the heart of the believer. But the flesh is not content with being dethroned and trampled down, Thus it tries to stop us from following the Spirit, tries to interfere and hinder us, that it may drive out the Spirit and sit on the throne of the heart once more. This is the desire of the flesh, and how it is contrary to that of the Spirit. As Christians, as those who have been raised up from life, from death to life, who have been adopted by God, that we might be heirs of life because of what Jesus has done for us, we ought to subdue the flesh, to restrain it through the Spirit's work in the Word, that we might be comforted in our distresses and strengthened in our weaknesses. We're not to listen to the desires of the flesh, nor fulfill them, nor give in to their urging, nor to their wishes. Rather, we're to follow after the Spirit's will and conform our will to that of the Lord, seeking by His grace and help of the Spirit to do those things that are pleasing to God our Father. Yet because of the weakness of our flesh, because of our frailty, we do fall into sin. We fall to temptation and the flaring up of sinful desires. Despite the desire to do the will of God, we find that we have not always done so, but that by weakness we have fallen, given in, snapped under the strain, but know, dear brothers and sisters, that there is grace and mercy for you, for there is the forgiveness of sins. In these times we ought to flee to the Lord Jesus for refuge and safety, casting all our burdens on him, knowing that, yes, our sin is indeed grave, serious, and great, but that he and his righteousness and grace and forgiveness is greater still. Those who come to him in repentant faith, trusting in him for mercy, will find that he is gracious and merciful, that he is kind and long-suffering, patient with us in our weakness, desiring that all come to repentance and the knowledge of truth and so be saved. Yes, in our weakness we sin much, even daily, yet in his grace and mercy he is greater still to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And even towards those who do not sin in weakness, but have sought sin out, who have willingly cooperated with their flesh and sought to gratify its desires, he holds forth 
yet mercy. For he does not immediately strike down such when they drive the Holy Spirit from themselves by willful and high-handed sin. Those who practice the works of the flesh, all that St. Paul listed and everything else that flows from the desires of the flesh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yet the Lord still desires that those who sin high-handedly and willingly and give in to the flesh's lusts be saved. He still sent his Son to die for them and desires their repentance. Yes, the way of salvation is open even for those who have sinned in this way. The Lord is gracious and merciful, and now is the time of mercy and grace, so that all who repent of their sin before the last day and trust in the Lord Jesus will receive the forgiveness of sins, and the Holy Spirit will work will begin the work of renovation within them, just as he does within all who trust in the Lord Jesus. For through the Holy Spirit's indwelling in us who have been justified by grace and have been forgiven, and his work in our hearts grants us <coughs> excuse me, new and better desires. Through the reading, hearing, and meditation on the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit works within us that he might produce the fruit of the Spirit, filling us with love, joy, and peace, with a thoughtful love, a love that which, like God, has shown us, a love that knows that the object of its love is not worthy of it, yet desires to love it and purposes to make it lovely. For God loved us when we were yet sinners and sent his Son to die for us that we might be forgiven and so live with him forever. Joy, joy which stems from the hope we have in Christ, the knowledge of the blessings of eternal life that await those who remain steadfast in the faith. Peace, peace which comes alone from God, knowing that there is peace between God and man through Christ Jesus, the peace of sins forgiven. So too the Holy Spirit works long-suffering, kindness, and goodness, those virtues that are expressed outwardly towards our neighbors, those which are the very same ways in which Christ our Lord dealt with sinners while he was here on earth, with a great patience, with kindness, and with a goodness that bestows the greatest good upon them. The Spirit cultivates this fruit in us that we might be imitators of him who has saved us. So also he nurtures in us the fruit of faithfulness towards God, gentleness towards one another, and self-control in all things. These fruits he works in us that we might all the better, through his aid, resist the desires of the flesh and follow the desires of the Spirit, the desires of the new man in Christ which God has created in us. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, writes St. Paul. That is how we are to see our flesh, how we are to see that which desires those things opposed to the new and better desires of the Spirit. It is dead, violently murdered, and done away with. It may harass us, it will harass us, but it's fighting a lost war. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The Lord's mercy and grace covers you. 
Know that when in weakness you cannot stand upright, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and his righteousness is greater than your sin, that he desires your salvation. So walk in the Spirit, and pray that he upholds you and guides you in all your ways. And may God grant this to us all, that we receive the promised inheritance of eternal life through the merits and mediations of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.